Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, and for today, we have a very special guest as you guys are watching um, Team Live, Team Replay. Savannah is here on the podcast, and we are so excited we are here, so thank you. Yeah, we're su- I'm just super excited I get a chance to talk to you guys and share a little bit about my experience with an online DPT program, because I know there's a lot of feelings and mixed emotions going on revolving around everything that's happening in our education right now being transitioning to online so so super glad to be here <laughs> and for the people who don't know you do you want to share a little bit about yourself what program you're in what got you into pt and then we can kind of go from there sure yeah let's lay the foundation so my name's savannah as gabby said and I'm currently attending baylor university's hybrid education program it's an accelerated program that's Pretty much the majority of it is online education. We do have a hands-on portion, which we call lab immersions. So about twice a semester, I fly down to Waco, Texas, and I get to do the hands-on after the didactic work uh, in person with my faculty and my cohort, which is super fun. But of course, with the changing times right now in our country and worldwide, my lab immersions have been canceled until further notice. So I'm navigating some of the newness to that too. But just so you guys know, my reason for physical therapy, uh, I, I really didn't know it's what I wanted to do until later in life. I'm more of a non-traditional PT student in a sense. I was originally working with the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. I'm from Alaska. And that's where I thought my heart was and uh, things changed. And over time I learned, I really just wanted to be there for people And yeah, so that's part of what drew me into the profession of just being able to interact and serve people and be able to heal with my hands and help people avoid surgery, you know, all those good things. And so that's a big part of why I'm here. And we can dive into that later if you want to know more about my story. But yeah, so a little bit about me. And as a side note, can we go down this just side rant for one second? Of course. Um, You're from Alaska. Where are you now? Yeah, so I live in Alaska, and that's the beautiful part about a hybrid education program is that I can live uh, where I am currently and still be in PT school because Alaska doesn't have any physical therapy schools uh, at all. And so for me to go on to grad school, I'd either have to move or look at hybrid education. And since my husband absolutely loves his job and I have a great support system, hybrid ed was what was the right choice for me. So for your lab immersions, where do you go? I fly all the way to Waco, Texas. So it's about, I think, 10 to 10 and a half hours of travel if I can get the closest flights. 
Right. And I know you had said that, but just for the people who missed it the first yeah. time, <laughs> yes, you do fly over there. Yes, you are living yes, in I Alaska. Yep. <laughs> Which yeah. sounds kind of crazy if you think about it, but it works out. And the way the program's designed, it's definitely, uh, it's totally doable. Yeah. Because how often do you actually have to fly down there? So about two times a normal length semester. And so my program is actually divided into mini semesters. So if you think of a normal semester, that would be two of my mini semesters. And so in a course of a year, I should fly down about six times, maybe seven. And then it's like an all day weekend thing, like a 16 hour thing. Yeah. The last, I just had my first one and it was two weeks long. And we were going from about eight in the morning until 5.30 at night every day, except for one travel day because we were in Dallas first and then Waco and that's it. So it's, it's hard and fast for that period of time for sure. That's so cool though. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's so awesome. And then being able to see your classmates. So how has that been, especially with you know, being online and meeting everybody and seeing them, you know, about six times a year, how have you been able to, um, you know, establish connections with your cohort? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was actually one of my big concerns when I was applying to hybrid education. I was concerned there wouldn't be community or there wouldn't be a chance to develop relationships because it's more isolating in the sense that you're going through it on your own in your own home. However, the way it's been set up, especially with Baylor's program, they've done a fantastic job at connecting us no matter where we are. We have a student from Spain, we have people all across the nation, uh, you know, and so they've created an atmosphere of a family. Uh, they've eliminated the competition aspects and I greatly appreciate that. And I was extremely fortunate because I built connections with three other ladies even prior to uh, all of us knowing that we were accepted to the to Baylor and so we were in contact just through social media for about three or four months prior to actually going to orientation and then being able to meet each other in orientation was just like you know it's an amazing experience because you've been online as like you guys you had not met in person you build this relationship and then this moment when you get to see each other it just all comes together and so I feel really blessed that I have those friendships in my life and of course that transfers into the program because we're all going through it together, you know, and we're in contact every single day. I don't think there's a day that's gone by that I haven't received at least one text from them. Uh, and so I'm in community that way. But in addition to that, we also have a Facebook group that we all connect with, share materials, resources, those kinds of things. And I know a lot of the students in my cohort do study groups as well. So when we all come together at Lab Immersion, an amazing experience because you don't get sick of each other because <laughs> you're only there for a short period of time, right? So it just makes it almost like a catalyst for relationship growth because you you show up, you're staying in Airbnbs with these people that have become your family over the last couple of weeks. And then you leave and you're like, oh my gosh, they're literally my family. Like these people are incredible. And then you go home part ways and yeah, so I would say the community aspect has been incredible for my experience, and I'm just amazed at the people I've had a chance and opportunity to meet. And now that this is all happening right now, I know it's affecting non or it's affecting non traditional programs, <clears throat> excuse me, like your own and traditional programs in different ways. Do you want to just touch on a few ways that it's affecting you guys, and then we can go yeah. into how students can actually 
kind of come through this and kind of learn from your experience? Because you've been online for a long time. Yeah, it's not necessarily as new to me uh, right now, but uh, it's a transition for every program. And I have friends in, in more traditional programs who, of course, are experiencing the online transition. But for my hybrid program right now, you know, we just got uh, the news, I believe, Wednesday last week that our next lab immersion has been canceled. And what does that look like for us? We really don't know yet because that is where all of the hands-on portion comes into play. But I have to say, I have the utmost faith in my faculty uh, and our director. They have never failed in their communication with us. And we know we're in good hands as far as that's concerned. But as far as the day-to-day -day life right now, they're trying to keep a sense of normalcy and status quo of just keeping things the same. Of course, uh, there's many students in my program who have children or had spouses who have recently lost their jobs due to everything that's happening. And of course that turns your whole life upside down. Now the kids are home, they're not at school or daycare. And for people like that, uh, who just have new challenges that they're facing and also trying to meet the expectations of their program, what our program has done is given leeway for being able to choose what times to take exams within a certain window and things like that. Just try to alleviate some of that extra stress and anxiety, but of course it's never gonna be easy right now. And I think it's a really important thing to point out that our faculty is going through this too. Uh, you know, they, even though my program was online to begin with, they're reaching out to help other programs go online. Plus they're experiencing a lot of the same challenges with their own families and having to do the social distancing and stay at home and face those challenges. So yeah, it's definitely affecting all of us hybrid online already and those programs that are trying to transition right now, for sure. Yeah, and that's really good to hear from you because, you know, as students in the classroom may think like, oh, you guys are not being affected, but just like you said, you know, your lab immersions um, where you go and you're in person and you practice your all of your skills and take your practicals. Um, when was that supposed to be? We were supposed to have our next one at the end of April. So yeah, they made a, the decision to cancel it currently right now. They're considering the option of adding it on to our June lab that's scheduled right now. But it's a lot of just uh, hearsay for now. Nothing's been confirmed. Yeah. And, and just having that and, um, you know, not knowing like what's going to happen. There's a lot of uncertainty with all of us right now. And, you know, <laughs> we, we understand like how, how frustrating it can be and, and knowing that we can all come together um, and just talk about this and know that if you are struggling, it's, it's okay because this is a time where all, we're all going through this and I wish we all had the answers even like, I wish all of us had the answers, but, um, you know, all we can do is, is just have hope that everything's going to, um, you know, play out as it goes and, um, and just, just, uh, have each other, but going more into, you know, studying and like, let's talk more about your study space and environment and how important that is, especially when it comes to, staying focused and uh, staying accountable. So if you want to share any of your experiences with that, especially when you first started your program. Yeah, I mean, whenever you start something new, it's a time to adapt and transition and figure out what works best for you. And almost all of us right now are experiencing that again. We're having to figure out a new routine, figure out how to go about things again. 
And so what I would say is the most important thing to start with is figuring out what routine works best for you. Uh, and so for me, what I do is I have a strict time I go to bed and I have a strict time that I wake up in the morning because the one thing that online does is it gives you a little bit more freedom, right? Well, that means you have to be a lot more self-disciplined because it's very easy to roll out of bed and just attend class. Uh, but then you realize that your energy has been, been uh, just way lower than normal or your motivation, you're just lacking it completely. You feel distracted, all those kinds of things. So what I like to tell people, uh, what's worked for me anyway, is that I have to build a really strong routine and protect it. So what I've done is I've created a 5.30 a.m. wake up time and a 9.30 bedtime, and I stick to that and I protect that. And so every time I wake up at 5.30, I have my personal time, my devotional time, and then I have a workout time most of the time. <laughs> we'll be honest now. Uh, and then, you know, I move from there into a shower, breakfast. And so that's just my personal time to get myself ready and in the right mindset to start my day. And then I typically review notes for the class that I'm about to have. Because uh, I do have class times where I am supposed to be there in person. They're called synchronous sessions for my program. And so that's what I'll do is prepare for class, have class time. And then following that, the rest of my day is open to schedule however I choose to. And so what I do is every Friday, the week before, I build myself a schedule of what I'm going to do each day. Uh, and then I create different kinds of study, study methods of how I'm going to tackle each class. And most of the time, that's in a blocked method. So I'll start with one class uh, and move into the next, those kinds of things. And we can talk more about study strategies later. What a normal day in my world right now looks like in grad school and your routine might be a lot different than that but it is really important to build a routine because if you don't have that uh, it's so easy to just get distracted by things that are still important like doing the dishes or laundry or whatever it might be but then you realize oh my goodness I, I, I should have done this and now I have only oh, three hours to get to this project too and then now your sleep's been taken away from you. So those kinds of things are really important to develop as early as you can, especially in an online program, because you have to be self-disciplined. If you're not self-disciplined, you'll find you start getting behind. And as we all know, with DPT school, you can't afford to get behind. So that's one of my key things as far as building your environment is starting with the routine. But of course, the routine goes into the schedule. So if you're not a planner, I'm sorry to say you might have to start trying to become one. Uh, and for me, I use the passion planner and absolutely love it. And that's what I found has worked best for me. Uh, so yeah, we, there's many things out there as far as schedules are concerned that you can use. Uh, and if you have questions specifically about it, feel free to reach out to me, but I don't want to go too into the depths of organization and stuff because yeah, it gets a little convoluted. But uh, as far as the study area, Gabby, that's a really good point. And when you're at home, it's, there's a couple of things that I would really strongly suggest you try to stay away from. And one of those is studying in bed uh, or being in class in your bed. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> There's also scientific studies out there that say if you do do that in your bedroom, you'll actually have more difficulty going to sleep and doing those kinds of things too, which is unhealthy for you. And we need all the sleep we can get. So what I've done that really works well is I change where I study every day. I never study in the same place more than once, uh, at least not on consecutive days. And so like today I'm studying in my office, that's where I am right now. 
And then tomorrow I may move out to our dining room or I might go to the couch or maybe I'll go up to my parents' place since everything else is closed. <laughs> you know, and so always changing it up has helped me keep the mundane feeling at bay because when you do stick in one specific study environment for a long time, at least I found for me that I start to get like distracted or it's easier to daydream or zone out. Whereas if I move my environment each day, it helps me focus in a whole lot better. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have to have a clean environment too. So those are things that I do to set myself up for success, even before the studying starts. Those are all great tips for students listening right now, because Lord knows they're staying up too late and getting up too late. <laughs> yes. And I mean, the one thing I would add to that too is like getting ready as if you were going to go to class in person. You know, we talked about rolling out of bed and just going to class and that can be really tempting sometimes. But if you actually discipline yourself to get up, take a shower, eat breakfast, and then get dressed for a day like you were going to be in class with your peers, it's amazing what it does for you. And it's such a simple thing. It's such a little tiny, simple thing you can do to kind of boost your motivation and give you a little extra energy. Yeah. And that little thing will go so far because I know the first day I didn't do that <laughs> and I got nothing We're all done. guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. Two days of online class. I'm going to be guilty. I rolled out of bed at 7:40, and I had class at eight. Not a great idea. I will just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it happens to us all, you know, that's life. We're never perfect, but uh, if you can help it, try not to. <laughs> and I know we were saying before we went live that you, you've had a few people reach out to you already um, mm -hmm. because they know that you're in a hybrid program and have questions. Um, what have been some of the questions that people are asking you so far? I think most people I've talked to are really concerned about how to approach online learning because either they feel like they're a kinesthetic learner, a hands-on learner, or maybe they're concerned that they can't ask questions, those kinds of things. A lot of it comes back to more the study habits of how am I going to learn online? This is a lot more difficult than someone teaching me in a classroom. And so we've been approaching those kinds of questions uh, a lot more. And then of course, some of what I just touched on, I think people don't recognize how important that is in answering those questions. Yeah, definitely. People don't know because they haven't had to do this before. It's, it's yeah. totally different to them. And I think that's the hardest part is because all new again. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you said earlier. It's all new again. The professors are learning. We're learning. The director, uh, the directors of programs are learning. CAPTI is learning. Literally everybody is on this wave together. And so it, it's quite a time of confusion for many people. And I appreciate this conversation because it helps clarify things for people. It helps them know, like, I'm not alone in this. Um, there are people who learn online and they do just fine. They do amazing actually. And <laughs> let's learn from them. So if you could share maybe like the biggest transition for you when you first started PT school, when you first started your hybrid program, what was that like? Yeah. I mean, I'll be real with you guys. My first two weeks were rough. Um, and I reached out to my academic coach, uh, and just had a conversation with her and said, to be honest, I don't even know if I'm capable of this. This is extremely difficult and hard. And I didn't anticipate it to be easy, 
but I also didn't anticipate to reach my breaking point this quickly. Um, and she just had words of wisdom to offer me that I'll share with you now of just giving myself a little bit of grace to recognize that all you can do is the best you can do. And at the end of the day, that's enough. And then she also said to me, it typically took students three weeks to start figuring out what works best for them. And so I kind of held on to that, recognizing I was doing everything in my power to learn and adapt as I needed to, but then also realizing like, this takes time, you know, adapting and acclimating to this new environment takes time and being able to tell yourself that's okay. You know, I don't have it all figured out right now and that's okay. And so for me, that's something I really struggled with. Uh, you know, our classes are hard, but it was more of the mental battle that I was constantly facing, uh, that emotional battle because I was so invested and wanted to succeed. And I wasn't feeling like the time and effort I was spending in my studies was equating to the grades that I was receiving back. You know, those kinds of things and concerns that we all face at different times in the program. Uh, and that was a big transition for me. And then following after that three week mark, I started feeling like I had a little bit better handle on things, at least more calm and more controlled, definitely not less spastic. Uh, and so that was probably one of the hardest things I had to face. And I know it's hard to hear, but you're probably gonna be facing some of the same things as you figure out this new, all this newness. There's gonna be a lot of things that can cause overwhelm. So giving yourself a little grace and self-care is gonna be important this time too. That needed to be heard by so many people and yeah. to have it validated too, because I know a lot of students are probably thinking like, oh, you know, I, I know this is a time to kind of slow down, but I still need to study. I still have exams. Like those are not changing. Right. I still have to, you know, I still have two exams next week. And, and you saying that of like, you know, give yourself time and give yourself grace because this is a whole new thing that happened mid-semester. It's not like it, it just happened and this is a new semester. This is like everything abruptly stopped and changed and now you're in that transition period. So giving yourself time to adjust and adapt, even if it takes, I feel like a lot of you are on like week two, maybe week three of online or even just starting. So really give yourself that time and don't get too frustrated at the beginning of why isn't this working? Um, it's just auditing your environment, your studying. So those are all big things. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, it's important. It's such a big thing to realize you don't have to have it all figured out right now because you're not gonna, <laughs> but, and that's okay. And you never will. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's kind of true too. <laughs> <laughs> you won't have everything figured out, you know, and that's just kind of how life goes. And now students have time. So if they were traditional and now going online, I just want to point out a few things that you all have now. If you were commuting, you are no longer commuting. If you were all by yourself, hopefully you are with family now. If not, call them on the phone. You're not commuting. You can call them now. <laughs> and you do have resources like Savannah and many other students around the country and around the world who are going through the same thing right now. And I do have a side rant here. So for the students who, you know, their biggest concern right now is what about clinicals and what about graduation? And I don't know if that's really affecting you guys right now, but could you just talk about clinicals a little bit um, and if it's affected, how it's affected? 
Yeah, uh, it's harder for me to speak personally how that's affecting me because I'm currently in my first year and that doesn't start till my second year. However, I am in coordination with some of the students that are in the cohort above me. And I do recognize that some have had to leave their clinical opportunities because of the state of where COVID has, has taken place. And so depending on their location, some students have had to get pulled and what that looks like and how that affects things, I'm currently unaware of, unfortunately. Um, but that's been completely based on location so far, as far as I can tell. Uh, just the hospitals not wanting to have students there mainly for their safety uh, because they're in a more high impacted environment. Uh, and as far as us right now, we're living one week at a time for our cohort on how things are going to be impacted. So they did cancel our next lab immersion. And there's been talk about what happens if the next one has to get canceled too. But they're just trying to do things one week at a time right now because we don't know how long this is going to last. So as far as clinicals go, I do feel that they're going to be affected. I just don't know how yet. And nobody does. And I did hope that you would go down that path because nobody knows what's happening yet. It will, yeah. it's one week at a time. And that's the biggest. And that's thing. one of those things that I guess to me, uh, I take the mindset and the perspective of, you know, that's so far down the road right now. And I know some of us are closer to the end of that road, but the truth of the matter is it's all going to work out. And we just need to have a little bit of faith and a little bit of trust in the people who are governing, governing that, whether it be our faculty or the director, to realize that they're trying to figure it out and keep our best interests at heart. That's important, too, because your faculty are doing everything in their power and, you know, like reaching out to different um, programs and seeing what they're doing. And then, you know, CAPTI as well, because they are still our governing body. And um, another thing that you've probably been uh, getting from students is, well, I was supposed to have a practical next week, and how am I supposed yeah. to do that online? Um, I know some students have said, you know, their professors are doing it over Zoom, where it's just, you know, a case-based thing, and you talk it out, uh, but what would you say, especially now that you have, um, that you know that your lab immersion is canceled um, for lab experiences specifically? Yeah, normally our, all of our lab practicals would have been in person as well. And so that's something that we're figuring out. Uh, and right now, from what it sounds like, they're planning to uh, basically postpone the practical part until the following lab and potentially add on uh, several days to that lab that we would have normally had in April, uh, basically shift that. And then we would do the written portion here because normally the lab immersion works where you would go down you would have a specific class and you're completely focused on that class At the end of that you have a practical and then you follow that with the written examination and that's the final for the class those two exams and so now with everything kind of being thrown thrown out there and being changed it sounds right now like they're considering the idea of doing a written exam when we normally would have had lab which makes sense uh, because we can do that from home, but potentially postpone the practical part until we are down there again uh, for the following lab if it works out that way. Uh, but the one thing for us specifically is we were, we're in anatomy too right now. And so of course we were supposed to have, go down there and have cadaver lab. Uh, I also know they're considering trying to do a simulated sort of online cadaver lab. So looking into that as an option. But once again, they're all unknowns. These are all just ideas. And so we're just not quite sure how everything's gonna be affected yet. 
Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what they're talking about doing. If that sheds any light on how things are going to work. I think the Zoom call, I mean, that's about the best you can do virtually. I, you know, I understand that that's really difficult and it completely changes your environment, your interactions, because you can't actually be physical with people there. Uh, but yeah, just make the most of it, you guys. I mean, that's all we can do in this situation and our attitude is going to really change how well it goes for us right now. Exactly. And for the people who are nervous about studying still, which of course it's okay to be nervous, but you know, take it, take it one thing at a time. What piece of advice would you have maybe in terms of accountability, if they're feeling like they aren't self-disciplined enough yet, like they're not there yet. Cause they're used to sitting in class. The professor is like telling them what they need to know. They sit and absorb it, go home and study and repeat. But what about now? Like in terms of accountability tips? Yeah. And I mean, some of that's going to be program dependent, uh, but as far as the personal accountability, something that I do is the scheduling. And if you're not as comfortable with the scheduling, I would consider reaching out to the students that you form friendships with and saying, Hey, by this date, my goal is to have this done. If you guys want to work together, we can all try to get this done by this day and then just keep track of each other where we're at. Pull someone else into your world to help keep you accountable with online. It's easy to become isolated if you allow yourself to become isolated. Uh, so try to form friendships if that's something that you need. I'd also suggest your faculty are there to teach you and to help you. So if you need that accountability to know more along the lines of what's expected of you for the course, don't hesitate to reach out. That's why they're there uh, and get some help that way. Personally, I'm rather self-driven and self-disciplined. So this isn't something I've necessarily had to face as a struggle personally. And that's why I knew online would work well for me. Uh, but I do know some people who just have to pull in that third party to help keep them accountable. And maybe it's not a student, maybe it's someone in your family and just saying, Hey, here's what I've set for myself. Can you just check in with me every so often about it? You know, there's different ways to go about it. Life lessons right here, <laughs> because you know, Gabby and I would not be here if we didn't hold each other accountable. And, you know, that's just one example, but do the same thing in the classroom guys find a buddy, find an accountability buddy. I just yeah. told one of my friends that I'm going to do that. We're going to have a zoom study date and already said it. So do nice. that if you need to. And make it fun. Look at that. You're having a coffee date via zoom guys. You have unlimited opportunities right now and you can have coffee dates with like 10 people all at the same time, all in your own rooms, you know, do whatever it is that's going to hold you accountable. But I love that. So another thing. Um, so right now uh, with, with everything going on as well, are you um, actually, I don't know where I was going with this. I thought I had a question. <laughs> it just went out the window. I was like, it just went out the window. <laughs> Let's see. We talked about studying. We talked about your environment, talked about practicals. Um, any, we've given, you've given a lot of advice, but is there anything um, specific like to students, even if this wasn't happening, um, just advice for a PT student or someone who's been accepted, who is going to go in a program and they may not know the extent of, yeah, when they're starting, that was a loaded question, but <laughs> that was advice for a PT student or, SP, yes. or future SPT. 
besides what you've already said, which is a lot and very helpful. I feel like right now we're all in the state of unknown and recognizing what's in your control, uh, especially if you're applying right now to PT schools, you know, schools are trying to figure out what this looks like too. And so just taking control of what you can uh, and reaching out and discussing your concerns with the schools that you're planning to apply to is going to be really important. Uh, everything that can give you a leg up right now revolves around communication which does mean you have to put yourself out there a little bit. But uh, I would strongly suggest that if you're applying right now or you're looking to get into PT school, hopefully this cycle, uh, you know, PT schools are figuring this out and we don't have all the answers right now, but the application process is still open. It's still happening. And so what's in your control right now is the ability to do observation hours, to set up your application, to contact schools and ask your questions and write your essays, you know, and just, take control of those things. And as things develop and change, then you can start addressing those things. But if we start letting all of that uh, into our little world right now, it's gonna cause so much overwhelm and stress. And those are all things that, we're out, that are out of our control right now. Great pieces of advice. Yeah. And I wanna yeah. open it up to questions too, if anyone is online right now. And yeah, and I can't see the chat bar right now. So shoot them at me if you see them. If anyone has questions, Gabby, are you on it right now? I am on it. Yes. Okay. I let am, you then. Let's We're see. Opening it up to questions. I know there's a little bit of a delay from Zoom to Facebook, but if you guys have any questions at all mm -hmm. while we're all here, please put it in the comments below because we want to address them all while we can. Um, because this has been the first week. I know it's been the first week for me of all online. And I know the professors did the same thing that yours did to try to make it like pretty synchronous or like have the same schedule. We had a lot of synchronous lectures, but now they're kind of transferring to all asynchronous because they want students to have that flexibility. Um, and I know many other programs are going through the same thing and it's hard to transition. I need to get an accountability buddy who's not Gabby because Gabby, we have accountability <laughs> for other things, but <laughs> got to reach someone out. in your program. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> but if you guys have any questions, Louise, thank you so much for coming. Um, she said, thank you for sharing your story. I am interested in hybrid programs. You are so determined, Savannah. Love this. That's so awesome. Yeah. And if you have any questions, I absolutely love Baylor. So I'd be more than happy to share my experience. But uh since we have a little bit of time and we're just seeing if people are gonna hop on and have any questions for me, I did wanna say another piece to the environment. You know, Before you might've been at school and now you're at home uh, with your family and that changes your dynamics and what you can and can't do and when you can do those things. And so having that communication and that, that conversation with the people that are in your life, if you are living with someone or with your family it's really important so that they know what the expectations are of you while you're in PT school and they can respect that and know how to help you. And then they're not surprised when you're, you know, studying 12, 13 hours a day. <laughs> so that's a really important thing to do too. And then I wanted to say this and I was going to say it earlier, but please get out of the house. <laughs> please don't hold yourself up and become a complete hermit. It's important. Like even just doing some yoga in your yard, or going for a short walk down the street, you have to do it to get grounded and feel sane. <laughs> so please do that for yourself. Yes, you can go outside, take a walk, do yoga. Oh, I love that. Do yoga in your driveway, or if you're in an apartment, just do it <laughs> on the sidewalk, <laughs> um, anything. But 
Yeah, that's so important. And yeah, being with your family too, just let them know that, hey, this is my schedule. I'm going to study for two hours during this time. And this is my focus time. So if there's anything going on or just, you know, tell them to be a little quieter, especially if you need that focus, but communication is going to be the biggest thing, especially if you are staying with your family and they don't see you on a regular day-to-day basis of studying and how you are. So that's another thing, especially when taking exams, you're going to need, you know, a quiet area to take your exam. So really just um, have that open line of communication. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them nicely. Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Be like for the next two hours. I don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But right now we don't have any more questions. Um, But yeah, where can people find you on social media if they want? Well, and they will reach out. Students will. Oh, Sarah. This and also, can you talk about your podcast? My podcast? My podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm paused for now. Um, but yeah, I have a podcast. Uh, it's yeah, the Rising Clinicians podcast. We have an Instagram page and we have big plans when time allows. <laughs> so yeah, you can check us out there. And then I believe we are at least on Spotify for sure. And I believe iTunes as well, and probably a couple other places that I can't remember right now. Yeah. And can I go down the side rant here? Yeah, sure. Why not? Do it, Sarah. What made you guys want to start it? Oh my goodness. So uh, Adam is my co-host and we've been having several conversations as we've both been applying to PT school. And then when we got accepted and got in and realized just that it's really important to have a community that supports you through this whole journey because family is amazing and friends are great. But when there's people that are going through the same thing that you're going through and you're involved in community with those people who are like-minded, who are going after the same goal of becoming a physical therapist, it's so empowering. And you start to build a family that can help you through every single step of this process. And we recognize that there's just a vast need for that. Uh, There's a need for people to hear other stories and realize how they overcame obstacles, because I think we all kind of get stuck in this narrow mindedness sometimes that we're the only ones that have ever had to experience this thing that's going on in our life. And the reality is it's just not true. And so we wanted to build a platform that brought to light uh, all these different people's stories of disappointments along with successes of eventually getting into PT school, becoming a PT, and then where are they now? You know, those kinds of things. And so we wanted to to create a space that, you know, people could get that. So yeah, that's kind of what started it all. (laughs) That is absolutely amazing. And we are so excited for you and Adam. So definitely check it out for you guys who are listening. And we do have one question. Uh, from Willowies, how many students out of state travel to your PT program at Baylor? Ooh, that's a really good question. Well, we have 101 students in total, so it is a very large cohort. Uh, I would say at least 10%, if not 20%, live in Texas, although most of those people still have to drive. Of course, it's not that far uh, to go to lab immersion, but I would say the majority of our cohort is spread out throughout the world uh, for sure. So there's some Texans and Californians who are closer, but yeah, they're definitely not the vast majority. 
So that's like 80 people going down to live there for two weeks, six times a year. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I think that's so cool though. Good yeah, question. Thankfully there's a lot of Airbnbs to choose from. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You all just kind of like <laughs> stick together for those two weeks in an Airbnb. I think that's so fun. I can't even imagine in a program like that where you're like, oh, I get to go see my classmates for two weeks. It's like a little, it's not vacation, but you know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's weird though, because it's like, you know, you're at the end of your semester and it's like, there's stress and it's finals week, but at the same time, it's like, I get to see my people and yeah. it's just so fun and you get to enjoy it and yeah. And stress together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. Oh my God. I feel like that's the way to do PT school, but you know what, after this PT school is going to be totally different. So who knows? Baylor's already helping so many programs, including mine with how to make this transition. And maybe some of them decide they like it. We'll yeah. have to see. We'll see what happens. Hybrid education is not necessarily new, but it's definitely making a new wave. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for the great questions, everyone. And for those of you who are uh, on, are going to be on the replay, then definitely reach out to Savannah. If you guys um, have questions on Facebook, we'll send them over to you. And um, what is your social media handles as well? Instagram. Yeah. Um, my Instagram is at live to thrive PT. I think it's an underscore after live to thrive underscore PT. It's funny. I haven't had to say that. So I had to think about it. <laughs> uh, but if you want to follow me, that's where I am on Instagram right now. I still have a personal Facebook page, so I haven't let that out to the world yet, but uh, maybe in time. Yeah. Sounds but if good. you guys have specific of how to study questions, just let me know because I did, I was ready for that just in case you guys have questions about how to study, but otherwise good luck. You're going to do just fine. Just take things one day at a time. Good piece of advice to end with. Thank you guys for hopping on who are on live. Thank you for those of you on the replay. And thank you, Savannah, for hopping on today and sharing some knowledge and wisdom and your experience and be willing to just open up to a lot of people listening who are very anxious right now. And hopefully this helps calm people down a little bit. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a joy. And I really do hope that someone heard it, what they needed to hear tonight. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.